Check. 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 Okay. And bump you up. Okay, talk. Check, check. Okay. Check, check. There we go. Okay. Maybe this this will work. Not I'll make sure I speak into it. Oh, that blew out the thing. That went way up on the levels. I'm gonna Oh well I was like press it into the mic. Drop mine. No, I when I cracked the can oh. there. Um <laughs> whoops. Hopefully this sounds okay. Um the recording setup that I normally use uh is missing. M I A. I guess. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Mm. Delicious. Oh wait. This is the Out of Focus Podcast, episode 51, with your host, Will Malone. We're back. This is the premiere of Out of Woo-hoo. Focus, season three, I guess. It's is already we- season three? Season three. This podcast is, uh, will be, it was a year old in October, so yeah. Oh, so yeah. I had already been doing it. I started it October 2018. So. Right, right before the road trip. Yep. Okay, that's right. And then that's I took right. a hiatus this time last year. Yeah. For season two, and then. I just yeah. wow. I know it's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. Now the the way I've set this up makes almost no sense, but um, as far as seasons go, oh. <laughs> like it's, it's just kind of like a- after every hiatus, it's like it's a new season. Does any show or anybody's seasons ever make sense? No, I just I like the fresh start kind of thing. I mm-hmm. like the idea of like w- it's a it's a new year, new me. You know, that's how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> new year, new me. Oh, and uh, today, Kelsey West is here. Hello. And uh, yeah, she you were on episode one. You were on episode I one. I was, and several since then, right? Yeah, I think those have been moved to the movie feed since because we mainly the talked last about movies. two were movies i think the captain marvel fiasco episode <laughs> i i don't think is living anywhere right now is did is, we do an episode of that yeah remember the whole between the movie times yeah is that when we oh yeah. okay that's we did right one before that's right we saw the movie because we missed our first show time because of traffic and we had to wait an hour so we just had like mindless <laughs> conjecture about what the movie would be like and then <laughs> like by 2 a.m <laughs> We got back and recorded what we that actually thought about ago. it. And then we realized the movie kind of sucked. Did it? I'm just kidding. We were you disappointed. Know, the we were disappointed. I wasn't disappointed then. But now that it's been a year, I look back on it and I'm like, I don't want to watch that movie again. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not a great film. Um, watch. Kevin's going to bark if we're not careful. Kevin's out here. It's also very cold. We're on the porch. I am so cold. <laughs> it adds a new fun dynamic. Um, but uh, so we did this thing at the beginning of last year, last year's resolution, uh, where Kelsey and I were going to read whoever could read the most books in a year. We're just jumping right into that, are yeah, we? Yeah. <laughs> well, so this this episode, we're kind of it's kind of talking about resolutions. You know, mm. new year, new out of focus. Um, it's been January, the, the, the month of resolutions for everybody. And I was like, you know, Kelsey and I did one last year that we need to finally like, um, kind of meet back on wrap up. Yeah. We, we haven't wrapped that up yet. And then this past month we did a resolution, which I want to talk about that as well. Mm -hmm. Cause that Mm -hmm. was actually, um, I, it was, I wrote in the latest out of focus newsletter about this, um, but we'll talk about it in a second. So uh, first, the final book tally. Do you actually have a number in your head? Because I don't yeah. actually know how many I did. So I need to count. I know. I'm, in totality, I think I have a number. 
Okay, well, we we need a final tally. I, I got. I'm ready for my number. Like I just. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm just then, gonna give and, myself this number. <laughs> okay, hold on. I've got to find my final tally and make sure that it's up to date. Um, boy, Google Docs is not fun to. Uh, I. There's another. I this is not fully updated. Like I should add a couple, but. I would say safely, I have my tally. Yeah. Okay. okay. So Kelsey, what's your number? Oh yeah. Also to say, the bet was that whoever wins, or whoever loses rather, has to buy the winner a meal. A meal of their choice. A meal of their choice. And and so, it has been assumed that I won this. However, neither of us know the final number, so who knows? <laughs> a surprise could happen. No, you won. The likelihood is low. <laughs> Uh, and I have been prepared to buy you a steak dinner for a year now. But I'm taking mercy on you. And, and I appreciate that. You're going to buy me tacos tomorrow. But you you wanted those tacos. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do. They're quite hefty tacos. Okay, there we Very go. Very expensive. There we go. Like $50 a piece. No, I'm Just kidding. Just go that's get a, steak for that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what's what's your number? How many did you read last year? 11. That's actually pretty good. You're You're going to be surprised by how low mine is. I know yours is like 23. No, it's 20, actually. No! Yeah, it's 20. Yeah. 20. Which, okay. I was not ashamed at all before this, but no. now I feel even better. <laughs> yeah, I'm not ashamed at... Like, I have, I made up a goal in the heat of battle that I was going to read 70 books last year. I know. <laughs> and I thought I could contend with that. No. And I could have if I had backloaded the year as much as I front-loaded the year because the first few months of last year I was like a you machine. were a maniac <laughs> yeah and then every other day I was getting a picture <laughs> look what I'm reading now book number whatever <laughs> yeah and then after when summer hit and I got busy with work stuff it just like dropped off entirely yeah um but I felt like I had gotten enough ahead that I could relax a little bit I mean you were fine the entire time <laughs> apparently apparently <laughs> Hey, don't uh, don't hate on my eleven. Well, no, I no, but that's the thing too. Is like I realize, like probably without that's the most I've read in a year without being in school. I was about to say, here's the thing. My goal was never to beat you. Okay, okay. I never entertained the idea that I was loser to say, but I was a loser <laughs> from the the day you proposed this okay. competition. Fine. I accomplished my goal. It was never to beat you. Yeah. It was just to read more books than I did the year before. I read eleven more books this year than I did the last two years. <laughs> Good job. I mean, yeah, no, I'm 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 impressed with both of us actually. That we that Same. we we pretty much stuck with it. At least we stuck, and we're also making good on the bet as well. Like we 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 didn't just forget about it. Right. No. No, I did not forget. Um, no. And so, what what was your favorite book you read last year? The one, I mean, I loved the, all the psychological thrillers that I read, but I think the one that stuck out to me the most, and you're going to love this, mm -hmm. Kitchen Confidential. Okay, okay. That's something we have in common from last year, because I actually caught up on a lot of Anthony Bourdain's other books last mm -hmm. year. Um, yeah, so what do you think about Kitchen Confidential? I, I just, I loved it. I honestly think that may have been, without me even realizing it, been kind of the Kickstarter for me, exploring my own creativity i guess just hearing this man and how passionate he was about cooking and how that influenced the rest of his life yeah yeah 
No, for sure. How passionate. I mean, he was so passionate about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's Yeah, and that's the thing. So, like, I had read Kitchen Confidential a couple years ago, and I got really into the show. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got really into the show. Um, but I had never really read many of his other books. Then in, like, 2015 he came out with a book called medium raw and that was his last kind of like food book, like Mm -hmm. about food. He wrote a couple novels or something. I haven't read any of those, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was called medium raw and I read it and it was fine. It was like after you couldn't really top kitchen confidential after you, you couldn't really top it at all. No. Yeah. Um, So I read medium raw and I was like, yeah, it's fine. I got through it, whatever. And then when he killed himself, then (laughs) suddenly his final book had way more meaning to it. Mm. And so the the thing about his final book that now like posthumously is better is it's now number one, just like a look back at his entire career. Okay. It's like pretty much from the end to the beginning. So he talks about like everything that's happened up to that point. But there's a chapter where he's talks about almost killing himself and struggling with suicide really yeah and like driving off a cliff in his car or whatever and when you read that and he's alive you think okay i guess he got over that or whatever like you but then now that he hung himself it like has a way heavier you realize oh he was still experiencing this yeah up until the end yeah like it didn't stop man and so it's i think it's it's weird how a book could change based on whether the person's alive or dead. Right. But it really did. Like it became a much better book. Well, that was not one of the eleven books I read, so I want to read that one too. But I feel like you have to read all of them in order. How so many, is it three? No, there's Kitchen Confidential. There's a Cook's Tour. There's um, the Nasty Bits. And there's there's another one I read. So I I actually the only one I haven't read is the Nasty Bits. Um, but a cook's tour is also really good because it's like kitchen confidential is the book that made him famous. Mm -hmm. So that's the book that everybody read and was like, Oh, this guy like has something to say. Cook's tour is about when he became famous, what happened next. Oh, okay. So it's like his journey to like having a TV show and everything Mm -hmm. and like his journey, like exploring different countries for the first time ever. Okay. Um, because he had never been anywhere. But it's not a small kitchen in the United States. Right, exactly, okay. exactly. So it's it's right after he became famous, kind of tracking him having his first TV show. So that's a really good one. Well, and I will say, wh- one of you might say this is Here, cheating. Keep, ta- keep talking. I'm going to let Kevin out. Okay. He was, like, scratching the door. We had this debate throughout the year, too. Um, I, when I read his book, I actually listened to it through audiobook. Um, but it was he. it was him reading it. And so him reading it and you hearing his experiences and his voice made it even better. Oh, that's me. weird. Yeah, I, I think the audiobook of Kitchen Confidential would be. It it was awesome. Better. Like yeah. hearing his accent telling the stories and him cussing like he does. It was pretty great. Yeah, I may actually that may be worth listening to even though I've read the book. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that'd be pretty. I good. actually finished it. I think I finished the audiobook on a trip here to South Carolina. You did actually. I remember that now. Mm-hmm. I yeah. know. I l- yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And hold on. Look, we got to backtrack a second. So I said eleven, 
Mm-hmm. But I remember we decided to count it as two books. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We did. That's true. I read at least half of that book. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's fine. So are we at 12? I still lose, but 12 is my number. Oh, so 12. I thought you meant it was now 10. No. Oh, okay. We are now one <laughs> book more. <laughs> okay. Fine. 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 <laughs> No, that's fine. I mean, it is a nightmare, and we don't even have to talk about, like, the sequel movie. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I know. Anna told me about some, like, harebrained scheme. You guys were coming together to watch it while you're here, and I'm just thinking, I'm going to have to leave the house. (laughs) I I can't do that Her words actually were in the text message, if Will will, like, if Will will watch it. And guess what? Will will Spoiler not watch alert, it. Will will not watch it. <laughs> it's it's an excruciating film to watch. Is it? And not in like a scary way. It's like excruciating in a just, it's a bad movie. That's really disappointing because the first one was really good. Yeah. You know? But yeah, it was. Oh, well. Um, But, uh, any, oh, hey, bud. I know Kevin's like, Kevin's like wanting to talk into the mic here. <laughs> Let me take a selfie. I'll have to edit this out too. Um. Anyway, sorry, I'm gonna have to edit that out too. Okay, um, no, you you should leave it. But uh, he's adorable until he sees like a leaf move or like a squirrel running hey, around. Hey, really good so far. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird how quiet he is right now. <laughs> um, so uh, any other books that you wanted to talk about? Mm, I like Jeremy Cowart's book. Oh, that's right. That's right. A uh, if I'm possible. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Hold on, I have to look at this. Oh, no. I think you're right. Um, yeah, Jeremy Cowart, um, f- for me, is is special just because I, I was really into his photography when I first started photography. Because he's a photographer, for those who don't know. Um, and he uh, and he's just got a very unique style, and he's like a painter as well and does all this cool stuff. Yeah, I'm possible. Uh, yeah, Jumping into fear and something. Jumping into fear... And discovering a life of purpose. It's oh man, that's that's upsetting. I paid a lot of money for that book. It's only five dollars on Amazon right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that don't was you, my birthday present, right? Don't, yeah. Don't you hate that about books? Like how like you'll buy a book that you're really excited about that comes out, and then you'll check on Amazon a couple months later, and it's like three dollars. See, I don't get upset because I don't check it on Amazon. <laughs> oh, where, where do you buy books? I mean, I usually go to like Barnes and Noble. Oh, no, 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 no. You buy no, books no, in a no, store? No. Well, yes, but not Barnes <laughs> Noble. Target. Wow. So you, you just read but like... But now uh, I have a Kindle. I got it for Christmas, and so I'm I'm reading a book on there right now. Okay. Okay. Which is weird. I've had a Nook before, but I never really used it. So this is... I'm not an ebook guy. I'm only a paper... I go back and forth. Sometimes I like to have a, a book in my hand. Other times I'm like, this is more convenient just to flip open the tablet. Yeah, I, I, uh, sorry, that's Kevin, if, if anyone can hear that, uh, making all that noise. Um, yeah, so I, uh, like only read paper books. I've really gotten into the library this past year. Mm-hmm. Actually, this, this book competition made me, uh, revisit library yeah, again. I remember that. <laughs> I remember you got into the library and checking out books. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I go there semi frequently, mm-hmm. um, sometimes to use their free internet. <laughs> as well, yeah. we have a really good library here. So um, Cleveland has one. I've been in it once. Chattanooga Library was terrible. I don't even know where the Chattanooga Library is. Downtown. It's a big building. You know exactly where it is. I didn't know what the library <laughs> then. I'd have to point it out to you, but you would know exactly where okay, it is. Well. Um, but uh, but yeah. So, 
uh, what was that? What were we talking about? I'm all. Oh yeah, Jeremy Cowart. Yes. So yes, yeah, yes, he yes. he was very uh, like I just liked his photography. He used to like take portraits in L.A. and then he went back to Nashville and mm-hmm. he got his start in the music business, like shooting people's album covers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he was first a graphic designer. Um, because his p- parents told him like you probably can't make a living painting, and so he did graphic design, which got him into photography. And now he's doing like fine art stuff. But now he's like starting a hotel and all this oh, stuff. So yeah, it's just like it's this idea of somebody who did a lot of things, and it's all coming together into one main idea. Right. And it's just really fascinating. Well, I I like it a lot of this for the same reasons that I like um, Kitchen Confidential. It also helped me realize it's okay to explore a creative side i didn't know that i had yeah but i just i just thought about this while you were talking you gave it to me for my birthday in august mm-hmm. right yeah or right before i went on my trip in september um well in july i had gone through trace Dias, mm-hmm. you know so i had kind of gotten back into the whole i don't want to say christian scene but <laughs> you know what i'm trying to yeah. say you know what i'm trying get to get back into that, that whole christian beca- scene yeah <laughs> No, my faith had become a priority to me again. Right, right, And right. so to read a book about creativity mm-hmm. and a guy encouraging other people by saying nothing's impossible from a Christian perspective was really kind of awesome to read Yeah, at that particular time. Well, and it's also, uh, and just for me, the reason he kind of embodies like an encouraging message is, um, like we were talking about just in the car, what this podcast is is this ability to learn from all types of things that build into one single thing Mm -hmm. and and so often in the photography world um when you spend too much time with just other photographers you end up kind of like living in this world that doesn't really exist and um it would always frustrate me people would be like well you only have to like you can you have to have a separate wedding photo account you have to have a separate this you have to you have to like section yourself off and box yourself into different places because that's the only way you become marketable mm-hmm. and i'm like so and to me it's like i feel like i just want to spend the rest of my life learning and it's like yes. so how can i do photography but also learn about other things cuz i love i'm fascinated by people in the movie business mm-hmm. uh, i'm fascinated by other photographers who do something totally different from what I do. I, I, I like talking, I've had, uh, you know, uh, therapists on the podcast. Like I, I want to know more about the world in general. And mm-hmm. I think that makes my photography work better mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so he's, he did. yeah. And he's proof of that. And I actually am reading a book right now that we also, I mentioned to you, um, that I'm going to talk about next week on the podcast that kind of speaks to this and, helps confirm the mission of out of focus and turns me into even more of a monster than I already am. (laughs) But, um, um, but it actually is, uh, has scientific research to back up Mm. how right I am by pursuing the, the, the mission of out of focus. Sociological research right there. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so yeah, Jeremy Cower, his photos were just really cool back in the day because it just opened my mind up to the things photography could be past just, pointing your camera and taking a photo of what's definitely there. It just showed the creative leeway and creative ability and like all the things you can do with a camera. If you just like, if you just like, uh, you know, have just like, let your mind take you away. I mean, cause right. he does things with a camera that, um, that, you know, it, 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 like, especially to a beginner, it's hard to conceive how you would do that. Mm-hmm. Like the way he plays with light and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, 
Well, and I think, too, when I read that book, he also, this is just cre- about creativity in general, he also helped me realize and understand that it's okay to change your mind about the field that you're in. Yeah, yeah, like, that's true. You know, I was convinced a year year ago that I wanted to be a professor. Yeah. And that I wanted to work at a college. I don't want to do any of that now. Yeah. I want to pursue pursue something that I enjoy doing. Yeah. And he he said it's possible. Yeah. You know. Well, and to not again, we were talking about a lot <laughs> of these things r- just a little bit ago, but like to not feel shame about jumping around a little bit, especially in your 20s too, which I feel like yes. should be sectioned off for jumping around and trying different things. Cuz we're so young. I'm 28. I'm a baby. Yeah, well, speak for yourself, yeah. You are a baby. I'm yeah, just kidding. I, I am. Uh, yeah, uh, well, yeah, and just the idea that we always feel so, like, nervous, like, to quit something, like we failed in some way. Right. Like, and it's it shouldn't really be a failure. I was just talking to you about, you know, changes I'm making, which I'm not going to talk about yet, but um, <laughs> I, I could go Ran on in. all day, yeah, um, about changes I'm making, and – it's not a failure to change your mind there's about a, something. There's a difference in trial and error yeah. and quitting. And you can't know what you want to do until you know what you don't want to do. Hey, freaking men. You know? Just, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, that's uh, that that's I th- I think that uh, that's funny that we both have the same kind of like feeling about the book. But yeah, and it just shows like how possible it is to do even the craziest things if you just piece it out well you say that's crazy but i think that's why you gave me that book because i had just started talking to you about a direction i want to go in eventually and you're like oh my gosh we're being very cryptic yeah i know i mean i I can't say i know i know and that's the other thing too is like i used to if i come up with an idea i used to like tell people immediately well you gave really good advice you were like don't tell everybody <laughs> because I've learned the hard way. Don't tell everybody. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate your trial and error and giving advice. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, and that's what it's all about. Like people shouldn't be afraid to mess up. Like that's how you're going to learn to get better. And, and that's also how you help other people. You <laughs> pave the way. Yeah, that's right. You mess up so you can tell other people what not to. Yeah, do. Yeah, what not to do. And yeah, I'll make my own mistakes and then tell the person after me what not to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I've had people in my life that shared their mistakes with me. To avoid that, you know, so like, it's like, we just need to be giving, we just need to fail and then help others through our failure. Not well, just think about it as such like an, a, a bad reflection on you. Failing isn't a bad reflection on you. It's a way you can give back to other people. Well, well in that sense, when you, <laughs> this is going to sound cliche and cheesy, but we need to embrace our failure. Yeah. You know, that sounds totally cliche yeah. and it's probably in several books somewhere, but we do because... That doesn't, it does just because we failed doesn't make us a failure. Yeah, that's true. No, and you're only, you only become a failure when you, when you let yourself be a failure. It's just like that Thomas Edison quote about making a light bulb. Like, how many different ways did he do it first? He's like, I didn't fail. I just came up with however many different ways on how not to make a light bulb. (laughs) Yeah, and there's another thing with Thomas Edison where, like, um, he, he, uh, woke up in the middle of the night and like his factory was totally on fire and everything his whole business like burned down and uh he looked at his son and said hey go get your mother she'll never see a fire like this ever again in her life or whatever ah. and it like just didn't he didn't let it get to him yeah so like i think about that too is not only my own failure which i like try to avoid but like it happens but like even when things don't go the right way like like i think all the time like what if all my camera equipment just went away what if i didn't have like what would I start next? And I just try to think like, 
think about like what would happen what's the worst thing that could happen Mm. and it's usually not as bad as you think and the ways you can fail usually aren't as bad as you think Mm -hmm. and if you're just if you're just determined to keep pushing forward it's failure isn't failure in the way you think of it it's just gonna be life is just gonna be a little bit harder a failure would be to stop yes that's where the failure is to stop when it gets hard yeah that yeah. the, the real failure lies in r- literally choice like you have to choose to be a failure we talked about that too like there's a difference in a child quitting quitting and i'm using air quotes a sports team because they don't like it and yeah. because they'd rather do something else and quitting because they're unhappy because they didn't get enough playing time right like it i would think it would be a massive failure if i gave up photography eight years ago yeah well then i go back to softball i was it never came naturally to me to play softball but Mm -hmm. i worked my tail off i would go out actually the he was the coach of the varsity team and i traveled with the varsity and i asked him i said what do i need to do to get playing time he said you need to get your bat stronger I said, okay. You know what I did? I spent so much time in the batting cages. Mm-hmm. And the time I did get to play, <laughs> the one highlight of my softball career in high school, we were in a tournament, and he put me in at the end. And to win the game, I hit the tying run and the winning run and had a double, made a double hit, and it had the tying run and the winning run. Dang. Because I had practiced my bat because that's where he told me I needed to do. Yeah. And instead of just giving up and getting mad because I wasn't playing, I worked harder at it. Yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, failure would be you just not doing it. Yeah. And just, just like, sitting in that and stewing in the, the fact that you just couldn't do it. Yeah. And, and that's that's really, that's really to me, what failure is, is just would be, like, giving up. Yeah. Um, there's that Rocky quote I say all the time that's, like, the best Rocky quote ever. Wh- from Which one? From Rocky Balboa. It's from the sixth one. So it's the last official Rocky movie. I've came only out in, seen the third one. came out in 2006. <laughs> You've only seen the third? I'm pre- maybe the first and the third. Is the third one where what's-his-name dies? Adonis? No, that's four. That's ro- ro- No, you've seen Rocky Four. Rocky Four is the Russian one. Okay, I've seen Rocky, Rocky Four, Creed One, and Creed Two. You've never seen the first Rocky? I'm, I don't. What are we talking about? It Chapter Two for now. Now I you have to watch. I may Rocky. have seen the first Rocky. You probably I don't. Have. It's on TV all the time. I actually think I watched it here. <laughs> you, you definitely watched Rocky Four here. Yeah, yeah. And you've watched the first Creed here. I know because I cussed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> In front of Anna's parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was so intense. Um, oh yes. But uh, the uh, yeah, in Rocky Balboa, he has a quote. Uh, about like it's not how hard you hit it's how hard you can get hit how much you can take and keep moving forward that's how winning is done oh dang and that's that i think about that all the time mic drop in fact i have there's a there's a song from that soundtrack that has that quote in it and so sometimes when i run i listen to that song so i can like get pumped up you know do the rocky thing with your arms and yeah exactly (laughs) um so so yeah that's that's good so inspirational uh, I'm trying to stay off of um, one of my rules this year is not read any self-help or like super motivational stuff, but like read like stuff with like real data that c- like be inspired through like real stuff rather than like um, not saying self-help stuff is wrong or bad, but I feel like we're a little too inundated with it mm-hmm. and it just becomes this like whole Instagram world that I well, am over I and I want to change. I want to read something other than that well i i've recently realized i have issue with self-help because i feel like we're too dependent on it yes yes we're dependent on it to the point where 
they tell us everything to do, how to do it, and then we do that thing, and then we don't have the same results. We haven't achieved the same results that they right. did. And then we're like, what's wrong with us? And then we, you know, have negative self-image and self-esteem. Because not everybody's wired the same way. What works for you is not going to work for me. Yeah, and, and self-help books often, depending on who it is, give a still a limited picture of everything, too. Um, None of my books in 2019 were self-help books. That's uh, yeah, and I I would say I don't know necessarily what we're talking about with self help. I would argue that m- mine weren't really either. Um, more more podcasts, I guess, that have that kind of vein that I used to listen mm-hmm. to a lot. Um, but now I don't. Now I don't really. I used to listen to a podcast that was called Self Helpless. Yeah, yeah. I quit. I deleted them all off social media. Unfollowed them all. I haven't listened to one. It becomes its own religion after a while. It did. And it's like to the point, and I think when I stopped was when I had that experience a few months ago with those guys I met with. Oh my gosh, um, I thought about that the other day. <laughs> I, I haven't decided if I want to tell this story on the podcast. I, I probably will. Just it's a little too soon. Yeah. Because they'll probably I'm I'm just not I'm not ready for the, the backlash of this uh quite yet. But there I met up with a couple guys that um you could tell were steeped in the religion of all the like self help people like Gary like business entrepreneur like Gary Vaynerchuk Simon Sinek all this and they were just regurgitating it all and Mm -hmm. trying to get me into their like cult religion thing um and that was when I was like this is insane like at at some point we all just have to be who we are and I think oftentimes we regurgitate all the self-help stuff to as a way to avoid becoming who we are yeah well it's easier because we're trying to just be somebody else it's easier to fail at something somebody's told you to do and someone someone's told you how yeah. to do it yeah that's right. then to go out and actually try to do something yourself and, yeah and these and these motivational speakers like I, I think their heart's in the right place like the speakers are but they do effectively kind of become um cult leaders in a way um right. I, if you think about i don't know did you ever see the movie ingrid goes west no mm-hmm. okay so that's a great movie about social media it's probably the best actually because Social media often, like when you hear critiques of social media, it's often critiquing the people who post. Ingrid Goes West critiques the people who follow and comment and are obsessed with the people that post. Oh. And it's like really alarming, and but like done really well. And so it, I would say it, it puts those people under a microscope like influencers, but mm-hmm. not as much as the like people who struggle with mental illness who live vicariously through the influencer. Right, right. And I think that's what those motivational speakers tend to draw in. And mm-hmm. and so I just think that being part of that is is I think potentially potentially like dangerous to get too too into, you know. Right. And that's where that podcast I think got to it was, you know, you could tell the clientele, I mean, I I was one of them. You know, I was going through my own things and I was desperate desperately looking for an out or somebody to tell me how to live or somebody to validate mm-hmm. how I was living yeah. and that they did, you know, they did in a way. Yeah. And I, I think that just following somebody like that or listening to a lot of that stuff it is really just indicative or a sign that there's something missing in your life. Like there's a right. hole somewhere that you're trying to fill with that. And Hell that's, yeah. and that's kind of what really the reason I started backing off that stuff is because it just illuminated that, I'm putting, I'm replacing something with this that I don't need to be doing. Oh, yeah. it, it filled a big hole. 
I paid five dollars a month to their Patreon. Yeah, it's. I knew. I knew. I knew we couldn't make it all the way through. There's no way. He did good though. He did yeah. good. I'm just happy UPS is here. Um, had a package coming. Um, <laughs> I also talked about that in my out of focus newsletter that uh, I've been uh, into video games again, but like. Mm. But, like, not, like, mindless shooting games, but, like, strategy <laughs> kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's been, like, really nice to, like, if I'm stuck on something or, like, I'm getting really frustrated or stressed out, I just back off and I just, like, go play a little bit. And I feel like I feel like I'm solving new problems, come back, and I feel a little fresher. So right. I, I'm, uh, Exercised your brain. Yeah, I feel like pro video games again. Um, <laughs> Certain types of video games. Yeah, like, I, I feel like I used to see them as a huge waste of time. Um for a little while there and then i realized well actually i can see a place where they fit so um mm. so i've been i actually haven't watched any tv lately i've been just reading in my free time or playing video games or i can't whatever. say that I, I will say the the tv i've been watching though has been fueling my new thing baking yeah <laughs> i've been watching the great british bake show the family cook-off shows and oh my gosh it's amazing yeah well uh I, I can't agree with that because I have no interest in baking shows, to be honest with That's you. That's fine. Um, <laughs> we should talk about our next resolution. I just wanted to say that a book that I recommend to anybody who is into photography or filmmaking or being an artist uh, is is my favorite book that I read last year is Werner Herzog's Guide for the Perplexed. And it's a series of conversations between him and a journalist. And Werner Herzog is this german guy who has this like almost military dedication to the craft of filmmaking and so he talks about his life kind of how he does things what he believes how he believes filmmakers should be reading all the time instead of watching films they need to be reading constantly which i think is interesting and if you go look up Werner herzog uh reading then you'll just see clips of him telling people to read constantly like he just says that in every interview um but it's a really good book it's super interesting he's like just fascinating character and just so dedicated to what he does that I, I'm just jealous and like envious dedication for what he does. Mm-hmm. And I can only hope to be like that driven. Like he's very mission based. He has a mission and he, he wants to accomplish it in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, I think that we, I think in photography, I don't think we see that as often because there's so many people because photography is so widely adopted. There's it's less people pick up the camera to accomplish a certain thing. They pick up the camera because it's kind of the thing to do now Mm. more. And so it's just fascinating to see, to apply what he believes to most photography now. And I think it's, it's lacking in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, so, anyways, just as a as an artist of any kind, that book's amazing. Um, what's it called again? Uh, Werner Herzog's Guide for the Perplexed. Guide for the Perplexed. Okay. And uh, it's got a picture of him with a bear behind him, okay. and it's a real bear that stands behind him. It's okay. like not Photoshop. I'm gonna go Google it in a minute. He made the movie Grizzly Man, and um, uh, Fitzcarraldo, and um, I have this Antarctica documentary he made, which Ooh, is fascinating. Now that would be good. Um. But yeah, so he's he's a fascinating character. He's he's been uh, he was oh he was in the Mandalorian, he was uh, oh. th- one of the villain guys. He was the the um, collector. I forget what his name was. The oh the older guy. From, yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. He's yeah, like yeah. I want to see the baby. Oh, I think that's him. I think you told me that. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a story about him on the Mandalorian where they uh, 
were, you know, they were filming scenes with Baby Yoda, like the puppet Baby Yoda, and then they took the puppet out of the basket and they, like, were going to shoot some scenes again without him in there because John Favreau was like, just in case we have to make a CG Baby Yoda. And Werner Herzog yelled at him and said, Use the puppet, you cowards. <laughs> so Dang. so he, he's the one that got them to only use puppet baby yoda for the show and i think that paid off because yeah. it added a level of cuteness and realism yes, that i think st- uh, star wars really needed so especially with this other movie kit that just came out that's another <laughs> we've already another done that podcast. we've done that <laughs> we've moved on i triggered a lot of people um in fact after listening to that that was one of our most listened to movie episodes and so many people have been afraid to talk to me about star wars after that <laughs> I, I I went to a friend's house in Atlanta who I don't see that often, and he had a bunch of lightsabers in there, which, <laughs> and and so I was like, oh, did you see the new Star Wars? And he like looked at me with like a he he didn't want to tell me if he did or if he didn't, Aww. and he was like, yeah, I saw it. And he's like, you know, I used to feel that way about talking about movies with you, but now I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. I know. He's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, I saw it, and I was like, what'd you think? And he knew. I could tell from the second he started talking to me. Oh, he's listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he tiptoeing around. He, he knew it. So speaking of that, so I told um, a friend at work your theory on the movie, like before it ever even came out. Yeah. And so she went to see the movie. We both were seeing it for the second time on the same day, just an hour apart in the same theater. Didn't even know it. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. So she got out of it, and she immediately texts me, and she's like, tell Will he was wrong. <laughs> uh, well. And and that's funny, because yesterday when I was leaving work, she stopped me. She's like, have fun, and tell Will he was wrong. Like, well, oh, my gosh. <laughs> tell this person she's wrong, because, uh, yeah, no, I, I will never. She also liked the movie, so. I, yeah, okay. We're getting too far down I'm this. I'm sorry, okay. It, it's the first in. movie in a long time that I almost, like, wonder about what is wrong with a person who likes this movie i, I like have those kind of feelings about it i'm like how could you possibly not feel okay, offended by this? before you offend anyway. like half of your <laughs> listeners rise of skywalker is terrible um oh. okay end of story um uh so uh this year we're doing a resolution uh where i well i i kind of started um where i was going to do the first 100 days of 2020 i was not going to drink alcohol and uh, Kelsey has joined me in this. Well, you asked me back in like October. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think last time I was here. I've been here, planning it for a while. Actually, you mentioned it to me, and you were like, "You want to do it with me?" And I was like, "Sure." So that had been in the back of my head through the end of the year, right? And but we hadn't talked any more about it. I hadn't heard you mention it again. So even while I'm home and I'm presented with all these opportunities to drink with someone or have a beverage, I was is in the back of my head. I was like. I can't. <laughs> I told Will I wouldn't. Yeah. Not even knowing if you were still doing it. So I got like 12 days or f- no, 20 something days yeah. into the year not having drank. And you texted me randomly one day. Not having talked to you at all. I was talking <laughs> to Anna. I was like, by the way, is Will still doing this because I'm doing it? <laughs> yeah. So. Um. So now, yeah, we've done dry January. 34 days. Yeah. Well, not for me. It's been 31. I drank. I drank up until midnight. Not like I didn't drink up until midnight. Right, right, right. I, dr- right. I had like my last beer like at like 10 p.m. on like New Year's Eve or something. No, I had <laughs> wine at my grandparents' house with my aunt and uncle, mom and dad and brother 
on the 27th, the Friday after Christmas. Yeah, my brother-in-law was in town, and so we were splitting a six-pack that oh, that time. Okay. When he visited, we were drinking our favorite Asheville beer, and so I was like, I was like, well, I'm, I'm just going to be up to the line here. But, um, but yeah, so I haven't drank since New Year's Eve. Um, and personally, for my season of life, uh, I think I'm probably done for a bit. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to go beyond the 100 days. Especially if this month is indicative of, um, like what not drinking is, mm-hmm. which my creative output is like, been insane. Yeah, that's I mean, awesome. Insane. Mm-hmm. I have so much energy. That I love it. I, I mean, I've been pumping out new photos like left and right. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I am not. I'm not going to continue it after the hundred days is over, but I will do it for a hundred days. Um, hundred days is still a long time. Like you got to do this like a little more than two more times this month. And and that's not going to be a problem. Yeah. It's not. It's just I didn't. I realized a couple of things. I didn't realize how much how many opportunities presented themselves for me to yes, drink. Yes. Even and when you think you don't drink that much, yes. then you realize how many social events are happening. That you realize no, I drink pretty regularly. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I also didn't realize how much I was drinking. Even, I wouldn't say in the last year, I haven't drank too, too much, but the year before that, I mean, so much. Well, and you think the more regularly you drink, the higher your tolerance is. Mm -hmm. So you end up drinking like more in one sitting, Mm -hmm. the more regularly you drink. And like, I'm thinking now, if I started drinking right this moment, I would be such an incredible lightweight. Like I could probably (laughs) barely make it through a glass of wine right now without like falling on the floor. Mm -hmm. Like I can't imagine. Right. Well, and it kind of brings it all kind of full circle, I guess. Like I just completely lost my train of thought. It's okay. Are you sure you're not drinking? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. Um... Yeah. Anyways, whatever. I I just, I I think for me, like I really hyped up how many things would change and I was disappointed to discover it didn't, it didn't change my life all that much because I'm not, I don't abuse alcohol while yeah, I did drink semi regularly. Like it didn't really, it, it didn't really change my life one way or the other. Like I wasn't, I wasn't abusing it. However, it changed, it has, I have way more mental clarity and I'm way more um, – the way I describe it in the newsletter is that even having a single beer at the end of a, of, of a day is like an off switch. Mm-hmm. And so you hit that wall, you're turning the day off. Like you're done. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's very little that can happen after you have that beer because you are, you are, you are physically relaxed at that point. Mm-hmm. And so when I would do that, it shut my creative eye off. So then I would drink a beer, you know, hang out with friends, go to bed – wake up the next morning, you're a little groggy, you know, even if you have one beer, you still kind of, unless you have it before 5 p.m., like, you're, you're like, kind of, like, still kind of feel it a little bit. Like, it does affect your sleep. It's there. Yeah, Yeah. it affects your sleep. And so you wake up, and then you do the day, and then you may have another beer at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And so then you only give yourself a finite, finite amount of time to think uh, to have your mind just kind of go off on tangents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had to get really good at thinking efficiently with my time. I didn't realize this because in the time uh, during the day, I had to accomplish work and do all these things. And so when I would drink a beer, it like eliminated the ability to just sit and be bored and think. Mm. And so now it's like at the end of a day, what do I do? And it's like sometimes I play a video game or sometimes I, I read a book 
and I never have that off switch at the end. So mm-hmm. it's like sometimes my mind just wanders or sometimes it's like I come up with an idea or I still have capacity to go out and shoot photos at night or do some other creative exploit. Right. Um, and so you think about all the lost time from drinking that actually mm-hmm. does happen that adds up. And, um, and so I think in that way, that's made a big difference for me, for my creative output, um, for my business and for, um, just the work. Like I had, I feel like I'm taking photos like I used to take photos mm, and yeah. that's, and like, I feel like I'm back to my old self in a lot of ways. Yeah. And then when you have dark thoughts, they kind of compound on each other when you drink. So like, right. so like when I have anxiety or am depressed in any way without drinking, it kind of like comes in and then flutters away. Like mm-hmm. I'm busy. I forget about it and I'm not going to just be able to sit and just stew on that, you know, mm-hmm. or be brought down by, you know, the fact that alcohol like mellows you out. Yeah. It's a which, depressant. Right? Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah, it's a depressant. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it enhances, you know, depression because we drink it when we're depressed. Well, excessively, I should say. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we also drink it when we're celebrating. Right. Right. Yeah. Whoa, that's backwards. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, so I, again, I'm not judging people who drink. I just no, think no, for no, me, no, it, no. it wasn't in this season of life. It wasn't really working for me. And I think I'm better off right now not drinking. That said, I think that people look at alcohol in a very limited way. Mm. Um, because I, I've, I've been hesitant to tell people I've been doing it. Not very many people have known that I'm doing this mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. it's hard to talk about. Because w- most people don't drink for religious reasons. Right. Or they don't drink because maybe they've had a history of abuse or they have a family member with a history of abuse. So it's like... For sobriety. Right. So when you tell somebody, I'm not drinking for the month, they assume, oh, what happened? Or like... Right. <laughs> like why? Or you want to see if you can do it and make sure you're not an alcoholic? <laughs> right. Yeah. And... <laughs> Which uh, my grandparents do do that. <laughs> Every January, they don't drink. Yeah. But then the rest of the month, they just... I think there are a lot of people that do that, apparently. Yeah. Dry uh, January. Yeah. Um. So... I, uh, so anyway, I just like, um, I'm not an alcoholic. I know that about myself. I'm secure enough to say I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that I wasn't going to discover that I was an alcoholic or something through doing this. <laughs> um, I really haven't really thought about alcohol that much throughout the month. Mm-hmm. I've gone to a couple events where everybody was drinking. I'd be like, mm, man, that'd be kind of nice. But then I leave the event. And I'm like, oh, dope. I didn't drink. So I feel great. <laughs> right, <laughs> like yeah. I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning. Fresh as a daisy, all these people are gonna feel no like crap. You know? over. <laughs> I just yeah. think about yeah, I just think about how good I'm I feel by not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um but in the moment sometimes I'm like, Yeah, that's a bummer, but then you leave and then you kinda forget about it. But um right. but uh yeah, so I, I think the thing we deny about alcoholism is that if you stop drinking, you have to become somebody who doesn't drink. And then if you mm-hmm. drink, you become somebody who drinks. There's no in-between world. Yeah. And so I would posit that not only do we have, like freedom usually in our minds comes in the form of freedom to drink, Mm -hmm. but like I believe in also the freedom to abstain. Right. And I'm just thinking about a situation where it's like people know I drink, you know, Mm -hmm. but if if I had just personally decided, yeah, I'm going to go out with people tonight, but I'm not going to drink, they can't fathom that I'm not drinking. Yeah. 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 You know people that I mean? judge people for not drinking. Yeah, they're that's like, just as rampant as people who judge people for drinking. Yeah, they're like, you're not going to drink. Tonight. Yeah, it's or crazy. on the other hand, how many drinks have you had so far? You know, like yeah, yeah. Mm. No, it's so true. It's crazy. Like you have to either be on one side or the other, and you have to claim that you're on one side or the other. Yeah, you have to label yourself as one. Like side Like as or the soon other. as you were to say in that situation, 
say it wasn't a situation where I just decided not to drink that night. I was doing 100 days and I had to say, oh, well, it's actually not just tonight. Like, I'm not drinking for 100 days. Then they can comprehend that. And they're like, oh, okay, then I won't push this on you anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Sorry, I was kind of away from the mic. No, it's fine. Um, Yeah, no, it is fascinating to think about how limited we think about it. And so I would say that, like, I'm not super cl- – like, people always ask, like, are you going to stop drinking? Like, if you're not going to do the 100 days, like, are you just going to stop forever? And I'm like, I'm like, what a crazy way to look at it. I'm like, I don't know. This season of life, I think it's best that I don't. But down the road, say, like, say I decide I'm at a barbecue and I decide to have a beer. Right. Does that mean I failed? Does that mean – no, it's just in that season of life, I saw it as acceptable for me to do this. Like, I think <laughs> this isn't going to be a problem for me to drink this right now. And that's fine. Like, I right. can decide three years from now to start drinking again. Right. But, when you're 30. Yeah. That doesn't mean just because I'm just because I go past the 100 days means I'm done forever and I have to now label myself as a non-drinker. Right. Because here's the other problem. I like alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> right. Same. I like beer. I love wine. I like bourbon. I like going to breweries. Yeah. I like going to distilleries. I see <laughs> value in these things. But right now, I see value in some other things that would be better without alcohol because I could function at 100% capacity. You know, you were, you were just saying you shouldn't be made to feel bad if you decide to have a drink like a failure. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. I'm doing this in solidarity with you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like if I was to drink, I would have let you down. It's true. You would. I know. I'd feel destroyed. And you would totally not let me live it down. So that's what's going through the back of my mind. I almost drank a few weeks ago, and I was like, don't do it. This was before I even talked to you. <laughs> so for all you knew, you wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have known. Well, you would have known. Exactly. Well, and that's the other day, too. I thought I saw, like, we have a ton of beer in the fridge. I never had beer in the fridge ever regularly until I stopped drinking. Right. There's, like, seven beers in the fridge right now. I've got half a can or half a box of Michelob Ultra. <laughs> yeah. Little Cayman Jack margarita thing. I got a whole bar of who knows what yeah. in my kitchen, and I'm like, well... Yeah, and I just I but I know I know how disappointed I'd be in myself and that would be the true failure is but if I let myself down that way. But you also know what I laugh though saying that like I feel like I will let you down. It's not that hard for me not to drink. Yeah, that's the other thing. I've I've actually not that I was surprised, but I have been surprised at how little I think about it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like it's just I don't even need a substitute for it. Right. Like I don't see it sitting there in the refrigerator. Like, oh, that's you can't touch that. I'm like, I'm like, I just close. You're the not gonna the door. see me at a bar drinking like a club soda. Like I don't need, uh, like yeah. I don't need to act or pretend like I'm drinking. I did have a non-alcoholic beer last night at Greg's house because Greg has like a stash of these things, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. It was very depressing. It was very depressing. Well, because it's a non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's very depressing. It only has like sixty calories, so I like. Um. I was like, okay, well, this is fine. It was like a, like a, Guinness brand. Mm, so it was dark. Very weird. Kind of. Yeah, it was oh. very oaky. It was very. It was very weird. Um, hmm. I, I'm not. But that's the thing too. Is like I'm not like stocking up the fridge with non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> Right. Like, I have no desire to really like drink even fake beer because that just makes me sad. <laughs> like, I'd rather yeah. just have a real beer. Well, and the thing is, like, beer can at some points can be hard to drink, like certain types yeah. of beer, you yeah. know? So it's like, I'm doing this, I'm drinking the hard beer, but I'm not getting anything from it anymore. Well, yeah. And <laughs> beer actually does 
worse things to me than anything else. Like I, I have the hardest time processing beer. And so drinking non-alcoholic beer seems like the incentive for even undergoing that is gone Mm -hmm. because it's like, why am I doing this to myself? I'm just drinking the bad parts. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I can't drink beer anymore unless it's Bud Light or Michelob Ultra or Yingling Light. Yeah. So anyway, we got to quit labeling drinkers and non-drinkers. That's what we got to say. There's some people who have to stay away from it and that's fine. There's some people who choose uh, for whatever reason to stay away from it. Mm -hmm. And then there are some people who uh, can go back and forth and not go off the rails in any way or have any like moral or philosophical qualms with it. Or reasoning behind what they're doing. It's just just not drinking. Yeah, I just, I find it better right now with the stuff I'm doing to just not. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, we need to, we we need to quit being so, we we spend so much time limiting ourselves. You have to be a specialist. You have to like either drink or not drink. Yeah. We don't like stop. We don't have to fit in a box. It drives me, I feel like I say this on this podcast all the time, but it's like drives me crazy. Like how much through Enneagrams or whatever we want to like fit ourselves in this box. It's like you can do different things and not feel bad about it. Right. Well, don't break the law, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's no one way to do anything. Yeah. There's exactly. no one way to do life. Yeah. Like there's just not, we just, we, we're just not thinking critically enough a- about what we need to do. And we're too worried about what everybody else thinks. Yeah. There's we just need to move seven on. Seven or 8 billion people in the world. Yeah. That means there's seven or 8 billion ways to live life. And everyone else is thinking about what somebody's thinking of them. But that person's not thinking about them. Right. That, that's a yeah. big lesson I've learned in the past two years. Yeah. Nobody's thinking about me. I know. It's like, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm thinking about me, but nobody else cares enough. Yeah. Nobody- I, I feel like I'm one of the least judgmental people in the world because I am too focused on my own problems that I don't, I don't care about what anybody else is doing. Do your freaky thing. I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care. Just live your life. It don't, doesn't bother me. Yeah. 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 No, I get it. It's Yeah. Nobody yeah. cares enough. Yeah. But my, my and if they do, they're me. the problem. Yes. <laughs> yep. That's a big lesson I've learned in the past two years. So it's been almost an hour. So we need to wrap this up. My fingers are about to yeah, fall it is off. Cold. I think actually my hand is frozen shut <laughs> around the mic. I've had to keep switching hands with the mic because they're numb. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cold. But this was great. This is a great I podcast. I think this might be one of my favorite ones we've ever done. We went places. We went. We could have gone a lot more places. We could have. We could have. I I do want to do like some longer. Like, I have this theory about podcasts. Like, I listen to Joe Rogan and he does like two to three hour podcasts, which is like mm. crazy. But I do realize like there's like a surface level interview that happens in the first hour, and that's like a lot of this podcast because it's contained within forty minutes to an hour most mm. of the time. Mm-hmm. But then there's another level you reach at hour two, where people let loose a little bit and it becomes a much more relaxed and fluid and it goes to crazier places well and the people that are still listening on into the second hour they're in it yeah they're in it for the long haul they're gonna listen to what you're saying yeah so like i i want to do some two hour podcast this year Mm -hmm. because i want to see what happens in the second hour all right all right. So, would you have just one guest or multiple guests for that? I don't know. I don't know. I've got to think about it. Maybe it's like special edition podcast. Maybe mm-hmm. I section them off from the others. Maybe they're like, maybe this is like a special edition event. You should start a Patreon. There'd be Patreon episodes. Now, to have a Patreon, you have to probably have a significant enough audience to pay the Patreon. Right. I feel right, like right. I haven't. I 
I don't want to start asking for money. Okay. That's that's I get it. I get that. You know, like I feel like a lot of people they start their thing and then they start asking for money. It's like I don't I'm not building this podcast for money. I'm doing this right. because of a genuine like enjoyment of it curiosity learning from people and just like i love the process of podcasts but like if it became about like making money from the podcast which if i had ads and stuff i wouldn't mind but i don't want to start like asking people like hey support me for this podcast or whatever like i'll be organic yeah i i kind of like this being the the free accessible thing right and i make money in other ways i like that too so it kind of protects it a little bit Mm mm-hmm um maybe ads but that's down the i mean i you know we we haven't gotten there yet um so it's only season three yeah that's right we got a lot of road ahead on this out of focus podcast everyone so uh out of focus you can follow the newsletter at willmalone.com slash out of focus you can follow me on instagram at will malone m-a-l-o-n-e like post malone um <laughs> and maybe one day i'll get post malone on this podcast oh, that's how i'm gonna introduce myself next time kelsey west like kanye west oh snap. oh snap i always forget that i always forget that your last name is west like kanye i know it's K-W. west w but i never yeah that's crazy <laughs> wow okay so we're both like famous na- like rappers yeah we're both famous okay um and uh yeah so i will see you next week for a wonderful episode so uh stay tuned peace out